Morning to you, James. Morning, Nick. How are you keeping? I'm keeping good in yourself. Yeah. It's a terrible morning, but it's good to be up and at it. Well, absolutely, absolutely. How did this uh, programme with TG Carr come about, you might tell our listeners? I've actually seen it, and uh, and, and while it's a, a short programme, it, I suppose it, it, it captures in kind of with background music, you're not speaking to yourself and Niall, but it captures, yeah. I suppose, the craft. How did it come about? Uh, well, just a simple phone call. They were just phoned me up one day. I expected... Uh, that a guy with a camera would arrive on the on the on the point today, and uh, instead of that, it was like CBS descended on us. You know, <laughs> trucks and aerials and lights outside. It was a like a circus had come to town, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and did they explain yeah. what what the context of what they were trying to do? No, no, but I knew I knew from you know I I asked them occasionally. I said, "You want me to speak over this now and explain what I'm doing?" No, no, no. So they, they came with it with a with a prearranged idea. It had a it had a direction, and you can see from the film, it's quite dark. You know, it's quite sort of mystical. And you know, in one of the shots at the end, uh, someone pointed out to me. Now, although I did see the film, Lord of the Rings, that one of the shots with Neil, with the ring coming back onto his eye, all right, uh, going away from his eye, I think it was. Yeah, that was taken from Lord of the Rings, or a very similar shot. You know, so yeah, the whole thing was sort of dark and uh, dark and. Mystical, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an unusual way maybe to present yourself and Niall uh, showing how you were de- obviously manufacturing, making the, the, the rings. Yeah, and, the, yeah, and the, it But it was, a, it, I thought it actually got across the message very well in, in, a, in a very different way that I would never have thought about. Yeah, yeah, it's, a very, it's very artistic. And as I said, it had, had a, you know, a, an idea, not only an idea, it had a direction of where they were going to go with it from, from, from day one. And, and they all seemed to be on the same wavelength, looking back on it now, the way they were filming and everything. You know? Now, the filming took, they started one morning setting up at nine o'clock and they finished the next day at uh, two. Yeah. And about about 14 people there. And from that, we got an hour and, I'm sorry, we got a minute and, uh, and 55 seconds, I think, or something around that. Yeah, well, it just shows you the amount of work goes into putting a putting a film together. But uh, oh, I, I thought it was very effective. But we should say to listeners that it's part of a of a series looking at the whole uh, creative art scene in Ireland and and other yeah. people in other different uh, areas of craftsmanship or yeah. womanmanship as well. I should say uh, also yeah. portrayed in the series. Yeah, well, I haven't seen anything else now. I, I knew that that day they were speaking to another lady from Kilkenny who was into printing. And that's about all I know about it because one of the, the director, I think it was, he went off and spoke to her and, and explained to the guys when he came back that it's going to be difficult to get into her. her I think it was an attic studio she uses, you know. Yes. So uh, you know, they were making arrangements for that. So that's all I know about uh, the other woman. I can't even remember her name. But uh, no, the, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see is it all going to have the same sort of team or will it be like a, a calendar month every month? Will be a different approach, you know. Of course, I suppose one of the most obvious things that came across to me that in a world of technology for so much manufacturing today, that your skill and your colleague behind you there, Desborn, it's still very much down to your own personal craft and your hands and the tools that are were were there, and it's really worthwhile somebody to see how a craftsman like you uh, manufactures delicate items like rings and and other such items. Yeah, but it's 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 you know it's 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 like Harlan Nicky. It's 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 ancient, and improvements have been made in, in the manufacturing. But the basic, the very basic, eighty percent of it, it's still 
is still an old traditional skill that predates Christianity, you know. It's 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 back there in the, the dawn of history, actually. I know when I was yeah I know when I, yeah I know when I was talking to you in the past and we've been chatting quite a number of times I suppose one of the concerns I have is the skill being handed on now obviously your son Niall is there with you so very much in your yeah. case but but in general are younger people attracted to that whole area of craftsmanship that you and Des are involved in? Well, I, I'll divide that in two now, Nick. When you say silversmithing, people think that you're going, you're making jewelry in, in silver, you know? Yes, uh, silversmithing really means that you're making hollowware, you're making bowls and pots and pans and the occasional cup okay. and things like that. Uh, and uh, goldsmithing means you make jewellery. Okay. But it's, you know, silversmithing and goldsmithing, that's the difference. Now, there's very few people following the silversmithing business because there's not enough, there's not, a, there's not really, a, uh, you wouldn't get a constant living out of it. You'd have a high and you'd have a, a lot of lows, you know, b- before you'd move on a piece of silverware, you know? But I mean, no one, practically no one is buying silver tea, tea services anymore. And if they do, they don't use them. It's a little bit like water or glass, I suppose, on, 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 on that. But then, then again, some people, you know, people want trophies. But they're rare, you know, they're an occasional uh, commission. Whereas the jewellery is constant, and there's a huge demand for jewellery. The, the Craft Council of Ireland now, they have a jewellery course going a two-year course. It's a very good course, and it's, and it's fortunately run in 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 Kenny Design upstairs in the Crescent Building. That's the that's that nice building you see when you come in to, from the from the street. Yeah. Uh, I believe they are moving to Thomastown. Uh, they're going into the old courthouse. I think it is, it is down there. And when that's happening, I think it's soon. But uh, they they uh, have a huge demand for for around twelve positions there and a two-year course and. As I said, a very good course. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose when the whole Kilkenny Design Workshop concept started, and it it has continued today, obviously in in many facets. I mean, I know it well, obviously to yourself and Des, but it, it really was ahead of its time, and it has it has given Kilkenny a great sense of being a centre for craftsmanship in the country. It's you know, I, I got in nearly at the very start, and uh, Jim Gibbons was the man who who set it up, and he got a lot of. Uh, criticism from 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 various sections of the of the community, you know. Again, you know what was he thinking of doing and that sort of thing. But it's just probably the best political uh, uh, movement, uh, best political decision, I should say, from from uh, any point of view. Because Nick, if you look at at, at what Kenny Design has, has has given Kenny, what has given Kenny most of all is is a, is a is a position for crafts and for the town, and I call it the town, and uh, uh, and that was a spin-off from Kilkenny Design, the tourism that we got. That was never on the agenda. That was never part of what was meant to happen. What was meant to happen was, and it happened, the, the setting up of the, of the workshops. But it was the likes of Eamon Langton who saw a bus going through one day, and the, bus, the same bus came through the second day, and he made inquiries. 
and that's what they were doing. They were coming to Kilkenny to go to the craft centre. Sure. And actually, when you when you mentioned Jim Gibbons, actually, we should also say that if he played a big part in the whole development of the design workshops, it was very much Jim Gibbons who was responsible for making sure that the uh, what's now the Landia factory, then the Avon Gate factory, as it was, yeah. was outside in Ballyconra. So uh, I think. Uh, 100% I think and we, I have to fight tooth and nail for that one as well. I'm well, I'm well aware of it because I was there relatively early after it was built and that. Yeah. But when you when you come back now and I suppose in the current climate you're not having the tourists coming into you, James. And I suppose that obviously is something that is, um, that's impacting matters uh, for your line of work of course because they're not coming through the door. They can of course order items and get them made and you can communicate electronically with them uh, yeah. but they're not coming through the door and obviously that is, uh, that is not good at this point in time for you and your colleagues. No, no, it, it, it's worrying. Now, the first lockdown uh, in, the, in the early summer, wasn't it, around uh, March? Or so? Yeah, yeah sometime after that, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was out doing the garden and I was thinking, you know, what's, what's life going to be like when, when we go back inside? No one will want anything. Who would want jewellery, you know what I mean? Who, you know, people would be worried. And when we opened back up, the amount of local and national support we got was absolutely mind-boggling it was it was unbelievable and i just couldn't believe it and people had 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 money because they couldn't spend it of and course. people were giving themselves little treats to cheer themselves up and giving the wife a, a little present and they went on they went on this is great it's absolutely mind-boggling it's lovely and and i suppose people were just but they wanted to give maybe a bit of a unique piece maybe in remembrance of the times we were in as well so that probably was why you, people went to you and to Des uh, to get uh, pieces made up that yeah. they just wouldn't buy normally off uh, off a shelf in a in a jewellery shop yeah there was people possibly said they were going to give themselves something they had been planning on and you know may, maybe never would, would never really get around to it but it was part of a plan to, to buy something nice for, for the missus for something or or, or the mother buying something for the daughter. We get a lot of that as well. And, and you know, this this, uh, this continuity of uh, a jewellery piece in the heirloom would be like in, in, in the family. And then I remember when my mother wore that piece, I remember when she bought it, you know. And of we course. get a huge amount of that. And it's, it's nice that it's, or unfortunately, someone might come in with a ring and say, Do you remember this ring? Do you remember the day my mother bought it for herself? And now, you know, she passed away, unfortunately. And now I, I have it. And the world was great pride. and Lovely. That's that, it's, it's lovely to hear that. Well, of course, it's impossible to talk to you, James, without talking about the McCarthy Cup because uh, I know I had a part in that in the sense that when I was it president, we only had one cup, uh, one Sam Maguire and one uh, yep. McCarthy Cup. And I said, this is nonsense because it was being used for all sorts of occasions. And I said, we have to, if we did it for two reasons, one, you needed a backup. And two, I was worried that the skill sets that created those cups was disappearing and we needed to get the best people to do it. And it's ironic that you produced the McCarthy and Des produced the Sam Maguire. So tell us a bit about what went into that because that must give you a fair bit of pride given how often Kilkenny people have got their hands on it. <laughs> right. Well, the first one, or, 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 or as they call it, Quidado. Quidado, yeah. Quidahane, now... Uh is that the one you want? Well, I don't know. Talk, well, talk about. I mean, obviously, you, you talk about making the McCarthy Cup. I was just, I just know about the second one because obviously, yeah, I felt yeah, that yeah, for reasons. And, well, I, and I, I and I knew that obviously you you had been involved in the ball, but we needed to go yeah. back to you. Yeah, well, the second second one. I remember you came up with the idea one day and you said it to me, and I disagreed with you, even though it was it could be a lovely uh, commission to get. And I, I said, you know, you can't have two. But you said, there are many other trophies out there? Do you think that there was only one of you know? And we mentioned a few trophies, you know, that were well known 
international trophies and things like that and to have backup and you, you were saying you can't get your hands on it for corporate affairs you can't get your hands on it for promotional work so uh, eventually I uh, put in a, a price for it and uh, I remember one day I think you were pa- passing by with some people from Glambia and my door was open and you just put your head in or even looked over towards me and said that's on they're going to write to you yeah 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 <laughs> and uh that's how the second one uh, came came about, and uh, looking back on it now, it you know, and I know the demand for it is huge, you know. So, yeah, but I suppose it's it's nice to have man have made a, some piece of uh, a trophy that is so significant in the whole organs of this, the whole country and the whole sporting landscape of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I got the first commission, and and. Uh, it was just a. It was during the postal strike, and uh, there was a girl across the, the road from our shop on High Street at the time, and uh, she had a secretarial service, and we were using her fax machine and 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 her services as well. And she said to me, "I have a fax." She phoned me up. She said, "I have a fax here." She said, "From from uh, Cork Park." And I said, well, "Is it good news or bad news?" She said, "I'll leave it out here. Uh, you're, you're sufficient for making it mean the Carty Cup has been accepted." Uh, please ensure that this trophy is here with us at such a date. <laughs> there you go. So the pressure was on. And we went out that night and we had a little bit of a celebration with the family and, and uh, there's various people in the family were pushing me to put in the submission, you know? Sure. And I was reluctant to do it. And uh, anyway, so we went out. Anyway, a few James Stevens people, a guy called John Miles was very prominent in, in uh, voting the idea that I should to put in the, the submission because it was open to the to all uh, silversmiths, you know. Yeah. So as we were uh, enjoying the evening, I started to get a little bit quiet in myself, and someone said, "Yeah, enjoying yourself. Worried? How am I going to make this?" <laughs> <laughs> because it's an unusual shape, you know. Oh, very it's, much so. Very, it's much, very so. much. Yeah, it's it's a it's a round square, you know, or yeah. a square round if you like, you know, yeah. top of it. And that's not a, an easy shape. It's, it's the most beautiful thing uh, in in. Um, in its design. We went to the museum uh, later to uh, film um, the original Mehers, they're called, the celebratory cup. And uh, the curator up there was great and she brought us around to show us the ones to have. And obviously the, the original man who designed it must have been there as well because there is there is one wooden one up there and there's a few that are not great in proportions, but there is, there is one particular wooden one that is very similar to the Lee McCarthy in height and everything you know it's, sure it's tell me nice. in terms of this um, the getting your uh, your raw material now where do you procure that from I'm just wondering is uh, is there any issue with Brexit in getting your, uh, your 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 raw material into the country to manufacture uh, what your uh, your your products no no there's not because we've moved away uh, oh, years and years ago we we, uh, we, we deal with uh, we deal to an agent who lives down in, in a most remote part of uh, West Cork and he is a contact. Uh, he is the the agent. Uh, it's, it's, it's his own business. Yes. But he he buys in the material uh, from Germany, and we've been buying our material from Germany for a long time. But there are other things that we get from uh, from London and uh, smaller things like fittings and things. Yes, and that's going to be hugely problematic. And the services that we use in England as well. And for us now to to send in, just take an example, to send in. Yeah, we have something that we need uh, specialised um, uh, attention to. It's, uh, like, and uh, we have a piece for €1,000. And we're going to send it over to uh, a colleague of mine over there. 
and he's going to do some work on it uh, and then he's going to charge 50. Now, I'm going to be hammered on the, the thousand going out and the thousand and fifty coming back. Sure. So I don't know what we're going to do. We've yeah. been on to the various departments and honestly no one seems to really know because it's all too too early and, and uh, the Brits sat on their hands for four years and didn't do very much and I, I, I would... I don't know how the big industry is, is coping. and well, we, can, we can get around it ourselves, but how big industry is uh, coping. Yeah, well, know. it just shows that there's so much hassle going on. Well, look, at, um, it's important for people to realise that you can look up the TG Cahar player. Um, Sam Pugh, Cree Croihocht, is uh, up there on the TG Cahar player, and you will see uh, James and uh, Niall in what James has described as a bit of a dark filming, just under about two minutes or so. But it's really worth looking at. It It depicts the work uh, really, really well. I was very impressed by it. And look, at it's nice to get this sort of attention and uh, keep your name in lights, even though it's well known. I think you, you must be pleased with the outcome, Sel. Yeah, no, it's been a fantastic reaction to the film. Uh, actually, people are contacting me from overseas about it, and uh, and uh, you know we've got a lot of uh, comments and based ones, and some people that know us very well. Well, look, it's great at least in this uh, in these these difficult times to have something that uh, we can celebrate, and certainly the craftsmanship of yourself and Niall and your colleague behind you there in the other room yeah. at Desborn to see yeah. that craftsmanship still going strong is uh, is just something to behold. Keep up the good work, James, no, and uh, when times are better, we'll drop into you. Yeah, please, God, but uh, I'd just like to say, uh, uh, people out there, thanks very much for their support. Absolutely. Well, I know you appreciate it, and I know they very much appreciate the pieces that have been made for them, and have kept uh, have been very much part of their family lives over the years. James, thanks yeah. for talking to us, and we'll Lovely see you when times are better. Okay, take care. Please, God, take care. Bye, bye, bye. 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 bye.